Hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This is about the line that got me in trouble with the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Uh, Not all Muslims are radical jihadists, but all radical Muslim jihadists are Muslims, okay? Al-Qaeda, Muslims. ISIS, Muslims. Hezbollah, Muslims. Hamas, Muslims. This is the reality of the situation we face. Now, some Muslims should not be welcome into the United States or Europe, but this is the big problem. I'm going to play for you warnings from Muslim leaders basically spelling out this very fact that political correctness is getting us all killed. And this information is very important as we're watching what is going on in Israel with Hamas and Hezbollah from the north. Uh, of course, the program, Stinchfield, the podcast, is brought to you by Midas Gold Group, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. Folks, this is why you put your money in gold. This is why, to prepare for the chaos we're seeing around the globe, God forbid we see a total world economic collapse, certainly could happen with World War Three on the brink. Midas Gold Group can help you take some precautions, MidasGoldGroup.com. All right, I want to talk to you about what we need to do to protect ourselves. Certainly securing our borders would be the right thing to do. You know, we just saw an increase in the number of those on the terror watch list being arrested on the southern border, but the real concern is who's not arrested. And again, I'm going to play for you stark warnings from Muslim leaders from the Middle East to here in the United States and Europe talking about what we should not be doing when it comes to having Muslims come into America and the other uh, countries part of the Western world. So let's get the party started. Uncensored and unapologetic. This is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. All right, folks, thank you so much. Welcome uh, to the program, GrantStinchfield.com, GrantStinchfield.com. Hey, if you're watching this live, please do me a favor. Like the video, share the video now, subscribe to the podcast on all the platforms, Rumble, Facebook, uh, Getter, of course, anywhere you can find your podcasts like iTunes and Spotify and and those places. Um, I specifically want to talk today about what we should expect from Radical Muslim extremists. And what we should expect from them is death. It is no surprise to me that Hamas ultimately went into Israel. This is what they wanted for a very long time. They want the destruction of Israel. When they have Hamas supporters marching in the United States saying, from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free, they're talking about destroying Israel. Now, intelligence failures certainly occurred We're told China was involved now. Amazing to me that China had given technology to Hamas from the likes of Huawei, according to the new federal state of China. But all of this just goes to the one big overarching theme. Radical so-called jihadists want anybody who does not believe in their way of thinking eradicated from the world. So I figured today, let's listen to what some Muslims say about radical jihadists. And again, not all Muslims are terrorists, but certainly all terrorists that subscribe to jihad are Muslim. It's a fact no one can argue with, no matter how angry the mainstream media gets with me for saying that. Um, This is an imam that was interviewed by the mainstream media, and I want you to listen to exactly what he has to say because it's important. It's about 
keeping the, quote, garbage, those would be the cockroaches, the rats, the extremists, the terrorists, from coming in to our nations. Let me give you a good example. Every house produces garbage. We buy stuff, we import stuff, we use them, we have garbage. At the end of the week, we put the garbage in the garbage bin, we take the garbage bin outside, the government or council takes the garbage and takes it away from my house and your house and society. Why? Because... Do you see what he's saying? Every society has garbage. Talk about legitimate garbage. Now, you're real. Your household waste. You get it out of the house. Now, he's going to relate this to what garbage exists inside the radical Muslim jihadist community. The garbage stays in the home. It creates illness and bacteria and diseases. Society also has garbage. You have murderers, criminals, and then you have filthy garbage ideology where someone says, you're a woman, you should stay at home. Or someone says, you're a woman, you need to cover, your whole body is a private part, right? You need to cover up. Or someone says, uh, this guy's a Jew, this guy's a Christian, they need to be, you know, uh, dealt with. This ideology is a filthy ideology. It cannot be respected. So that's nice to be hearing from somebody who agrees with all of us that eradicating certain people because they don't believe in your radical ideology is a filthy ideology. It's garbage. And the people that subscribe to it are garbage. They're subhuman. Hearing an imam say this is refreshing to me. We need more standing up and talking like this. Funny enough, the IRGC cannot operate in Saudi Arabia. Their supporters cannot have bank accounts in the UAE. Or IRGC is the Iranian special forces, you know, the the Iranian Revolutionary Guard that is run by the Ayatollahs. The other extremist groups, like the Muslim Brotherhood, who are friends with the IRGC and Hezbollahi people, they cannot operate in Bahrain, in Oman. These are Muslim countries. Where do they operate? In London, in France, in Washington, Washington D.C., in Australia, in Canada, Toronto. They operate here. They have bank accounts. They register charity. Right. So you see what he's saying? You have the Muslim Brotherhood. You have the IRGC. You got Hamas and Hezbollah. They're not allowed to operate in Bahrain and Oman. And he names off a whole slew of Middle Eastern countries. But where are they allowed to operate? London, Washington, D.C., Paris, Toronto. The Western world welcomes the garbage of the Muslim community in. It's one thing to have Muslims come to your country. Fine. You you, you want to practice that religion. It's freedom of religion in America. Fine. But if you subscribe to an ideology that you want to kill and eradicate certain races and and those who subscribe to religious beliefs from the world, you are not welcome in my country. And you shouldn't be welcome anywhere. So Macron, the president of France, recently said the Islamic world is in a crisis. In my opinion, yeah, we do have problems. We do have Boko Haram, we have Al-Qaeda, we have Taliban. We have problems, but the broader picture, Islam is very successful, it's growing very fast. And we're doing really well. Dubai is not in a crisis. Abu Dhabi, the UAE, 
Bahrain, Oman, Kuwait, there's no crisis there. The Muslim countries are doing good there. Only some places there's a problem. I say, no, you are in a crisis. You went to the Muslim countries and you imported the garbage that the Muslim countries wanted to put in prison or isolate away from society. You went and you imported them. Why? For cheap labor. But these Islamist extremists, they don't want to work. They want free welfare. You see what he's saying? And it is so true. It's exactly what America is doing. You're taking the worst of society, the dregs, the garbage, as he says. Just look at Afghanistan and and Iraq. And you go in there and then you welcome in the very same people. Afghanistan, this was huge. The very same people that they wanted in prison. They wanted to get out of society. We welcome them in, and many of them are now here in America, not willing to work. They want welfare so they can plot their suicide bombing missions against us. They want to marry French women, blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't have time to work. So look at Poland. They don't complain from Islamic extremism, not a single terrorist attack in Poland. The moment they sense there's a problem, they crack down on it. Polish policy, beautiful. The French, no, come. When they come, they use the resources. They go to uh, Washington, D.C., and they sit in Congress. They support the Iranian regime. They go against the sanctions in Congress, right, with their hijab. Why? Because the ideology is filth to begin with. When you import that, or you allow it in, or you amplify it, or you glorify it in any way, you make your bed, sleep in it. So that is also a problem of the West. The question is, Tina, did the extremists become stronger or the West become weaker? I say it's both. And I would tend to agree with them. It is most certainly both, and I think it is profound to say it is not the Muslim religious belief the religion of Islam that is in crisis, that maybe it is the West that is in crisis, the political correctness of the West that allows those extremists inside the Muslim religion to come make a home in our nations. Certainly, you look at Paris, what's happened, it's it's horrible. But he mentioned Congress. You know, I played this soundbite um, from Ilahin Omar uh, earlier this week on the podcast, but it's worth playing because I think he was directly talking about her with the hijab in Congress, supporting the filth of the radical jihadists. Listen to her. Every time the the, the professor said Al Qaeda, he sort of like his shoulders went up, and you know, yeah, he's in command like, here. Al Qaeda, you know, has he's an expert. <laughs> And it was, you know, What's as his if, name? As, what are putting his oh, name on the not, we, we What are does he learn? Saying his name. Uh, yeah. you, you probably get to see him on, on CNN. Uh, yeah, later. of course. I love those guys. But, you know, but, but, but it, is, it is that you don't say America with an yeah. intensity. You yeah. don't say England yeah. with yeah. an intensity. You yeah. know, you don't, you don't say um, the army with an intensity. Qaeda. <laughs> But you say these these names because you you want that that word to carry weight. Al Qaeda and Hamas and Hezbollah to carry weight. Again, I should play the soundbite over and over again. The imam that we just heard from 
said the West is in crisis because we have people like Ilhan Omar inside Congress that is supporting the Iranian regime, that is supporting Hamas, that is supporting Hezbollah, that supports the idea of eradicating Jews from the face of the earth. This is why we most certainly are in crisis. Now, that's one imam who says that. What if I told you the Minister for Foreign Affairs from the United Arab Emirates basically says the same thing? I will play that for you in just a moment. But, folks, before I do, I want you to pay my friends over at Patriot Mobile a visit. PatriotMobile.com forward slash grant. 972 Patriot. This is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They believe in the things that we believe in. I have a Patriot mobile phone because I don't want to give my money to woke cell phone companies that are investing my money in Planned Parenthood, other woke causes, pushing LGBTQ craziness. No thanks. I'm going with Patriot Mobile because I know that they take my money, some of it, and put it to causes that are going to push American values in the right direction. I'm grateful to Patriot Mobile for being a supporter of this podcast. It shows you just how committed they are to this country. Thank you for that. And I would offer up to all of you, please make the switch today. Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash grant. You get free activation. That's going to be a nice savings. Switching super easy with all of the um, uh, electronic SIM cards now, the eSIMs, super easy. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Grant. Use the promo code Grant, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Do it today, folks. All right, I told you there's an imam over at the United Arab uh, Emirates. Excuse me, not an imam, the Minister of Foreign Affairs. (laughs) I want you to listen to his warning. This looks like it may go back to 2017, but the warning is still just as important today as it was back then. And, and, and let me say this in English so you can understand what I'm saying. I have translation. No, I know you have translation, but I'm, I just want to make sure you get it right. There will come a day that we will see far more radical extremists and terrorists coming out of Europe because of the lack of decision-making, trying to be politically correct, or assuming that they know the Middle East and they know Islam and they know the others far better than we do. And I'm I'm sorry, but that's pure ignorance. But ignorant is what we get from our world leaders, our Western world leaders. They are welcoming in the dregs of the Muslim community that don't want to work, that want to rain down terror upon whatever community they live in in order to kill those non-believers. Because of political correctness, we welcome these people in. This goes for America. This goes for England. It goes for France. It goes for other European nations. We welcome them in and then are somehow shocked when they wreak havoc on us. We're somehow shocked that they recruit our young people to subscribe to this radical ideology of jihad. Why would we be surprised? Stop taking in the garbage of society. If one nation wants to expel the garbage from their country or imprison the garbage from there, why would we take those people in? But that, folks, is exactly what we do. And to me, it is insanity that we do it as we see the open borders wide open. 
Now, one of the problems that we face in America is that no one wants to hold anybody accountable. You've got Democrats, as I just showed you, Ilahin Omar, who is embracing Al-Qaeda. So she gets a prideful stature when she mentions the word Al-Qaeda. You don't have politicians that are part of the swamp calling these people out. I saw this exchange between, I'll call him a friend. He was more of a co-worker of mine when I was back at Newsmax, Dan Cohen. He's a, a great reporter. He lives in Israel. And he had this exchange with Lindsey Graham. Now, they're on a bipartisan trip to Israel. You've got three senators, three Republicans, three Democrats, six senators in total. Dan Cohen asked a very important question as we see the likes of Adam Schiff and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib refusing to denounce Hamas. Well, what Lindsey Graham does, Lindsey Graham's response to Dan Cohen may be as bad as Adam Schiff not responding or not denouncing Hamas. He wants Dan Cohen kicked out of the room. Let's play this exchange. I want to say thank you for being here. My family lives here. I made Aliyah two years ago. So this is personal. I know many people were sent from the United States and there's international press uh, from around the world. And I heard every single one of you voicing your support for Israel fervently, stridently. And, and I heard that and I received that into my heart. And so on behalf of my family and, and people, I'm, I'm an American and an Israeli citizen, I say thank you. But it starts at home. And, and I'd like to ask any Democrat senator here that would like to speak to Rashida Tlaib, she still has a tweet up condemning Israel for a hospital attack. We are here together not to talk about the problems at home, which are many. It's a fair I've question, I've got my Senator. own view of what to say. You're but not going to screw this up. I'm not trying to screw it Get up. Get this guy out of here. Now, let I me live tell here. You. I'm an Israeli. I want Get this guy out of here, he says. You're not going to screw it up because you're asking, hey, you've got people working in the body of Congress that are supporting terrorists and they are lawmakers. Are you not going to denounce that? And Lindsey Graham gets upset with that. I thought you're supposed to be a free speech guy. Dan Cohen is asking a legitimate question of a sitting United States senator and those on the stage. And Lindsey Graham wants him kicked out of the room what happened to freedom of speech? Now, I understand you're in Israel. You may not have as many freedoms that you have in the United States, but you're supposed to be a Republican who embraces the idea of answering any question you want from a free press. You still represent us, Lindsey Graham, all of us. You know, you become a senator. You don't just represent the people from your state. You make laws for the entire country. Dan Cohen was very respectful. He was kind. He was nice the way he asked it. Let's see how it plays out. An answer to the question. Please. I'm an American. And I am too. And I believe in free speech. I don't believe what the squad has to say Thank at you. all. But I came here with Democrats and Republicans to let everybody in the world know don't judge every Democrat by the squad and don't judge every Republican by some of the things you hear. Where the, where the House. No comment. Yeah. Where the House, they'll get their act together, but we need to do our job. We need to do our job in the Senate. We need to pass a bill that will help Israel, help Ukraine. That's at least what I think. I think the House will show up. And I'm sorry, my friend, I probably shouldn't have said it, but my nerves are raw right now. You know, do you accept his apology or not? Lindsey Graham's one of these guys that's at times 
can be a hell of a fighter. He was there for President Trump an awful lot. But then other times he's so disappointing with like nonsense like that, standing there next to Dick Blumenthal. Dick Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut, is one of the most radical leftist senators. In fact, while Lindsey Graham's going on his rant, Dick Blumenthal says no comment about don't believe things you hear about Republicans. Now's not the time for jokes, Dick Blumenthal. I'm not even all for this bipartisan trip to Israel because I don't trust Democrats at all. I don't trust them to handle the situation over there. I certainly don't handle the, handle the situation here. So Dan Cohen was disrespected by Lindsey Graham. I'm glad Lindsey Graham apologized. That's a good thing. And he should have apologized. But look, in the end, that interchange right there, that interaction between reporter and politician is the arrogance of politicians in America today. I think any member of Congress should be denouncing what is going on in Israel with Hamas literally obliterating people. I just read an article from my friend Joel Pollack in Breitbart. He was invited in to see some of the footage that the IDF is not releasing but showing reporters to squash this idea that this whole story is fake to show what genocide really looks like. Uh, Joel Pollack, I urge you to read the article, was visibly and emotionally shaken by what he's seen. I've seen much of the video. I've seen some of the GoPro footage that the terrorists were wearing. Uh, It's horrific. The damage they've done inside many of these homes from the torture, rape, pillage, uh, it is hard to watch. But it is the reality of what happened there. So the question now becomes, can they work together? Are they able to work together? Right? Democrats, Republicans in Congress. Heck, the question becomes, can Muslims and Arabs live together in the Middle East? Excuse me, Muslims and and Jews. Arabs and Jews coexist peacefully in the Middle East. Well, I saw a video from my friends over at Prager University. I want to play a little bit of it. It's of an Arab who is a soldier in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, not the Jewish Defense Force, Israeli Defense Force. And he is an an Israeli citizen, and he is an Arab, and he fights for them. I'm going to play that video for you in just a moment. But uh, before I do that, folks, I want to tell you about my friends over at uh, Midas Gold Group. Midasgoldgroup.com, that's where I want you to go. Right now, you're seeing the chaos going on. Right now, we're on the verge of World War III. We have China moving aircraft carriers into areas uh, where the United States has moved aircraft carriers in. You've got Vladimir Putin patrolling the Black Sea now with MiGs. Tensions are about as high as they get. God forbid something happens. If all-out war sparks between these monsters of military, Russia, China, United States, Iran, North Korea, we're in for a wild ride. This is where you better have some money in gold. Protect your assets. Do it today. Uh, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com is the website. Veteran-owned, I trust these guys. I know these guys. Hundreds of my listeners and viewers are using Midas Gold Group, all with great success. MidasGoldGroup.com, 
pay him a visit today. All right, I told you I would play you some of this video from uh, PragerU. Um, this is an Arab who lives in Israel who's a member of the Israeli Defense Force, which means he may be tasked with going into Palestine and killing Hamas warriors. I'll play some of this. I'm an Arab. I am a Muslim, and I love my country. In fact, I'm prepared to die for it, which is why I serve in its army. I don't have to do this. I want to do this because my country is a special place, unlike any other, free, diverse, vibrant. Yet other countries, countries not so free, not so diverse, call for my country's complete destruction. The moment my country lets its guard down, it will be destroyed. My country is Israel. So this was shot before the attack on Israel. Now, think about this. That's an Arab serving in the Israeli army. He's able to coexist. Why can't we coexist? And notice what he says he loves about his country. It is free and it is diverse. More importantly, it's free. And the other countries in many of these areas are not truly free nations. I grow up and still live in a small village named after my family's Bedouin Arab tribe. Our roads in this land run deep. In 1948, when Arab armies invaded the new state of Israel, my family thought of leaving our village. Some of them did. But when the Jews leaders heard that, they implored us to remain. This is our country. For both Arabs and Jews, they said, stay and we will work together to build it. My family stayed, my parents were born here, made their lives here, started their own family here, in Israel. So you see, Israeli leaders in 1948 were telling Arabs, stay here. We're going to defend this area together. We can coexist peacefully. The people of Hamas do not subscribe to that philosophy whatsoever. The people of Hamas want Israel, the Jews in particular, eradicated from the world, and they're willing to do anything. Now you talk about the Palestinian people. What is their role in all of this? At some point, I do believe they have to stand up and say enough is enough. They have to be the ones that take power away from Hamas in that area. I understand Hamas rules with fear. I understand Hamas right now, people trying to flee Gaza are being killed by Hamas. What if, though, just what if uh, you had townspeople in the Gaza Strip that took up arms against Hamas, that fought back? It's what America did. That's how we beat back tyrannical England when we were making this country ours, fighting for it. Why can't they? Why is it up to America? Why is it up to Israel? Why is it up to the Western world to try to go solve everybody's problems? In 2002, I was a teenager. It was a violent time. Palestinian suicide bombers were blowing up Israeli civilians, a danger to Arabs and Jews alike. Israeli troops entered the West Bank to stop them at their source. As a result, many Palestinians were killed. I was torn. Whose side was I on? Israelis or the Palestinians? Is it possible to be an Arab and an Israeli? The question became even more difficult when I saw men from my own village wearing the uniform of the Israeli army. Only Jews are required to serve in the military. No one forced this Arab men to join. They chose it. Why? 
I asked them. Our home is here in Israel, they said. Our home is under attack. Our neighbors and this home are Jews. They are being attacked. We fight together. Still, I struggled. I went to high school in Nazareth. There, unlike the village where I grew up, most of the Arab students identified as Palestinian even though they are citizens of Israel. Some of the students, my friends, hated Israel. They couldn't understand me. You're a Palestinian, they said. So you must hate Israel. When I said that I didn't, that we had far more freedom and opportunity than Arabs anywhere in the Middle East, they called me a traitor. After high school, I went... Does this sound familiar, by the way? It sounds like the United States. Anytime a conservative starts talking about, yeah, but what about our freedom? What about our liberty? What are, about our ability to have opportunity for us and our kids? What does the left do? They shut you down. They say, oh, you're a traitor. You're a fascist. It doesn't make any sense. But this is what people do who are oppressive. To study electrical engineering at that CNEO, a leading Israeli university. During my first semester, heavy rocket fire from Gaza forced Israel to launch a counterattack. Not long after the war began, I witnessed a group of Arab Israeli students expressing their solidarity with Hamas, the Palestinian terror organization that controls Gaza and is committed to Israeli's violent destruction. Did these students not understand that those rockets could just as easily be aimed at them? Hamas didn't care who they killed as long as they landed inside the borders of Israel. Had my fellow Arab students forgotten that Israel had left Gaza a few years before? That there wasn't single Israeli living there? That day, I dropped out of school to join the Israeli army, the IDF. A few months later, I was a soldier in the Israeli Air Force. After months of training, I was assigned to the search and rescue helicopter unit. Our job was to save lives. We never concerned ourselves with the identity of the people who needed our help. That's because that's what free people do. That's what cops and first responders in America do. Regardless of race or color or religion, you go and you rescue people, you protect people, you defend freedom and liberty. That's what America is about. This is why Israel is our greatest ally in the Middle East, because they value the same types of freedoms that we value. And it is no coincidence that our nation was founded on what? Judeo-Christian principles. Judeo-Christian principles that began in the Holy Land of Israel. Let's get back to this gentleman. It's fascinating listening to him tell his story. We rescued Syrian civilians wounded in their country's civil war, Palestinian children from Gaza requiring urgent medical care, and countless Israelis of every religious and ethnic background. A life, whether it is Muslim or Jewish, Palestinian or Israeli, is a life. On a base of 6,000 soldiers, I was the only Bedouin. But it didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was keeping Israel, our home, safe. We came from all parts of the country and from many parts of the world. We wear every shade of skin color. Our shared goal created a deep bond. Today, I am a student at Haifa University. Half of the students are Arab. More than once, I have seen the Palestinian flag being waved at rally or protest on campus. In Israel, you can do this because whether you are a Jew or an Arab, you are free. 
What more do you need to know? I am Muhammad Kabia for Braggart University. It's a great video. So it tells me that Arabs and Jews can exist. It doesn't happen that often. They'll notice he was like the only one in his entire brigade. But it can happen. They can exist. And he summed it up, the same thing we sum up in America. You can fly a Palestinian flag in Israel. Just as you can fly one in the United States, you're not going to be arrested for it. Now, you can't call for the blowing up of fellow citizens, but you can say just about whatever you want to say because this is a free country, so is Israel. What more do you want? That's a question for a lot of people out there, specifically those on the left. What more do you want? And what would you change uh, to make the country better? The problem is they want the country worse And so they'll offer up ideas to change the country that would only make the nation worse, but that is their ultimate goal. Folks, don't forget to pay my friend over at MyPillow a visit. Mike Lindell uh, needs our help. But more than that, the products are absolutely fabulous. I wear the slippers every night. I've got the Giza sheets on every bed in my house. I've got the MyPillow on every bed in my house. Use the promo code GRANT on so many of the products. You get up to 50% savings, sometimes more. Promo code GRANT. I urge you to check them out. They always have special deals running if you use the promo code GRANT. MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Great for gifts. We got Christmas coming up soon. I can't believe we're even saying that. It's the end of October. But I was in Sam's Club, and there was literally Christmas decorations up already. Um, So think about MyPillow.com forward slash GRANT. For any gift you may need and for yourself, load the house up. Mike Lindell can use our help. I love parallel economies, and I love helping people who think like we do. MyPillow.com forward slash Grant. And, of course, don't forget my website, GrantStinchfield.com. Sign up for the email list there, folks. Um, This is my way to contact you. If I'm canceled anywhere, I've got to get in touch with Stinchfield's Army. This is how we do it. There's Stinchfield's Army merch there and uh, links to find where you can see me, Real America's Voice Show, uh, all the podcast links, you name it. Stinchfield's Army rolls. It rolls because of all of you. I'm grateful for that. We will see you back here tomorrow and uh, on the Real America's Voice show tonight. Thanks, folks. See you then.